Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. This is Driving Life with Conor Faulkner. Welcome to part two. I'd like you to meet a friend of mine. Klaus Kramer is a German photographic artist and media practitioner now living in County Clare, but in a former life he worked with the FIA, the world governing body for motorsport. He has fascinating stories on working with Michael Schumacher and travelling in the carnival that is the Formula One Grand Prix circuit, as well as some insights into why a German feels much better and safer riding out Covid in Ireland than in his native Germany. Off we go to meet him and let's find out more. Klaus Kramer, I am delighted to see you. Uh, How are you? Very well. Thank you very much, Conor. It's been a number of years. It's been a number of years. I'm talking to you now on Zoom. You're, you're down in Clare, where you live. Um, but I was, I was looking at it, and when we first met Klaus, it was actually 1995. So it's 26 years ago. And the reason why I know that is that um, Clare won the All-Ireland Hurling that year. And I remember you being absolutely delighted. I remember talking to you on the phone from Germany, and you were, you were ecstatic that Clare had finally won an All-Ireland that's absolutely true because um, I am really, I'm a big, big fan of, of all GAA sports. Mm. And uh, certainly one, it's, it might not be one of the reasons why uh, Claudia, my wife and I uh, live in, in Ireland again, as we did, yeah. as I did before. <laughs> uh, but certainly, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm absolutely a fan. And I hope I can see good inter-county games very soon. Yeah. Very soon. And, and you will, I'm sure. Because um, I remember when I first met you and this, I was a very young guy at the office. I mean, obviously, it's a long time ago. And I was sent to pick up three German guys from the airport. And I had no idea who I was going to meet. I just knew that their names were Klaus, Hans and Wolfgang. And if you could. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was like a guy walks into a bar joke. Um, but but one, one of them was yourself, Klaus, and, and we, we got to know each other then. You, you were working in the FIA Foundation, which is the Federation Internationale d'Automobile. So you were based in Brussels, I think it was, working for the World Motorsport yes, Body. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't the, uh, the FIA Foundation that, um, that was founded a little bit later, actually, Connor. Right. It, it, was the, it was the FIA, and I was uh, directly responsible to a gentleman by the name of Max Mosley, Mm. And uh, acted as his uh, spokesperson for, for some time. The colourful Max Mosley, yeah, in his oh, pre-colourful period. Very, very much so. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I have to say, I, of course, I, I know and um, was quite familiar with uh, his uh, familiar background, mm. uh, um, kind of related to the Guinness dynasty, as some people might know, but of course, then there is this rather infamous father, Oswald Mosley. Yes, the British fascist. With, yeah, we started the, the Nazi movement in Britain, and, uh, and Max uh, was kind of leaning into that direction when he was very, very young. Um, mm. He even spent one one night in prison because of, of the demonstration that he that he took part in. But after that, he changed. Uh, he changed entirely. He and did. I, uh, I knew him pretty well, and I have to say he was—he was a—he um, he was an eccentric in many mm. ways, but but he was a, 
a decent, decent enough guy. He was. I, I knew him too, because uh, I mean, I, the AA Ireland was the Irish affiliate club. So I actually, at that time, had a lot of dealings with the FIA and, and with you. So I, I met Max on a number of occasions. You and I were cooperating on a road safety project, I think it was. We were making a video. Um, but you told me then when we met that you, you were a, a hibernophile and you had lived in uh, Clare. And um, I, I found that fascinating, but you really did love the place. And you lived there for years in the 90s, didn't you? Yes, I, um, I did. Uh, I moved to Ireland for uh, for one year in 1987 and ended up going back to Germany in 1994. So that was a pretty long year. Um, <laughs> it was uh, the reason the reason I left Germany was I, I was kind of feeling burnt out from from my job in the ADAC press department. Again, ADAC, you remember. Yeah, world's largest automobile club. And I, uh, I was responsible at the, uh, with ADAC for uh, um, for safety-related issues as That's well right. as, uh, motor, as motorsports, and uh, motorsports was kind of the the subject that kind of that made me um, yeah basically go to go to join the FIA. Yeah. Um, but initially, I was concentrating on on the largest uh, safety campaign that this this world has ever seen up to this day, very day. Uh, it's, it's, it's the name that that uh, we came up with. Kind of was kind of think before you drive and uh, ten seconds. I remember uh, it. Yeah, yeah, ten ten seconds before you drive. Yeah, it was quite successful. Ten seconds that can uh, save your life, and it, it rolled out it, all across exactly, Europe. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Uh, not only, as part not only Europe, it was uh, it was literally everywhere. Even the the AAA in, in the states picked up um, some of the um, some of the topics we had. It was very very fascinating. So yeah. Really, it was kind of today the, the word wasn't there at the time, but today you would say it, it went viral. It went viral, yeah, um, and it shows you the the enormous global reach of the FIA. Absolutely huge organization. So you, you lived in that sort of motorsport world. Well, that's true. That's true. So basically. Um, uh, I remember one day it was in uh, 1998 when uh, when Max Mosley rang me, and he said, "Klaus, would you like to go to Japan for the for the uh, Formula One Grand Prix?" And I said, um, "Yeah, of course. Why not?" I'm, I've I had seen in my capacity as the Deputy Director General of the FA in Brussels of the Brussels office, I had seen loads of GPs that year. Plus, I had mm. done press work as National Press Officer for German uh, Grand Prix uh, before. Yeah. Someone Max said, would you like to go to Japan? I said, well, I never was in Japan. Why not? And then he said, yeah, but I'm asking you for a reason. Would you like to to um, become the new FIA media delegate? And that was a bit of a surprise. And I said, well, yep, I think, yeah, Very good. I, think I can do it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's how it's how my my time in, uh, um, in Formula One started. And it was really, it was, it was fascinating being at all the races, not only being yeah. there, but being there way beforehand. You have to like the flyaway races to so Australia, Malaysia at the time, Japan yeah. and, and Canada and so on. Uh, you have to be there at least a week um, before the event starts. You have to make sure the media centers are working. And that's, it, that it's astonishing the, the scale years. of those yes. events, isn't it? Yeah. The, I, um, I mean, you, you'll have a quarter of a million people or more attending, and that's that's just on on, on you know practice and race days. But the scale of the carnival that uh, and and the logistics that are put in place for every Grand Prix, it's astonishing. It has to be seen to be believed. 
that's it's it's, it's amazing. They uh, they still have the four or five seven for seven jumbo jets that, that take the stuff to the flyway races, <laughs> um, and and about three thousand personnel. That's it's quite a lot. I had Michael Schumacher in Dublin um, for a press event. Yes, Were you in the FAA at that time, or had you? That was that, was that was my doing, but I wasn't I wasn't in Dublin for that one. We had Michael Schumacher booked for an FIA Road Safety Foundation event, I think it was, and he was to be in Paris, um, and and that was the slot that we booked. And um, but then it turned out that the French president uh, was Jacques Chirac. I think at the time, and uh, he was going through his diary or his, or his secretary was, and he said, what's this? And he said, oh, that, that's a photo call with Michael Schumacher. And he said, Michael Schumacher, il n'est pas français, il ne parle pas français, il ne conduit pas une voiture française. Moi, je dis non, annulé, complètement. So no meeting, was no, it cancelled, but we had Michael Schumacher. And by coincidence, there was a European, uh, there was an EU meeting of transport ministers happening in Dublin Castle on the date in question. So we switched Michael Schumacher. Instead of putting him into Paris, we brought him into Dublin, where we set him up in uh, Dublin Castle. And I, I was the one who organised that. We got this seatbelt slide contraption in and um, we wound up with with Seamus I, Brennan, I sent, our transport I you, minister. I sent you the guys. Yes. You sent, sent me the guys, guys for the seatbelt seat slide. With the yellow, yes, with the yellow seatbelt slide. That's right. The yellow seatbelt slide, yeah. which, uh, yeah, the great big contraption, which came over from Germany in a, in a, in a couple of vans, I think it was. Uh, and we got it into Dublin Castle and um, Michael Schumacher wouldn't sit in it, but he, he did pull the lever that triggered mm-hmm. Seamus Brennan to yes. slide down the slide. But I remember I was being, I was in charge of, well, I met Michael Schumacher, which was obviously a, you know, a, a thing that you'll remember. Um, but I was also in charge of press passes that day. And I have never been so popular amongst the Irish uh, media. <laughs> I totally understand that, Connor. Yeah. Yes, I know. The pulling power of Michael Schumacher. But you, you, were, you were on the press side in the FIA for that. So, I mean, yes, you, you, you were organising yes, these events. Exactly. Around. This, um, that was actually my responsibility um, to, to send Michael to wherever he, he could go. And uh, the reason that we got Michael to, to do the, these, uh, um, these press conferences and stints in uh, different countries was an event in a race uh, where he collided with Jacques Villeneuve and um, the the FIA made out it was intentional. He said it was not intentional. Well, nobody knows the truth. But anyway, um, the FIA said you have to pay $1 million. And uh, Michael said, no, I I won't, um, because uh, I I don't see why I should be paying $1 million because um, his... um, uh, team wouldn't pay it because <laughs> for some reason or another we're in Formula One at the time we were talking pocket money but still yeah, uh, he didn't want to pay there's this famous story that Michael once said he, he likes buying his jam in Germany because it's cheaper than, than in Switzerland but, <laughs> we, but, but that was obviously that was the Michael Schumacher of old we don't know what, what's how he is these days we can only hope for the best we but uh, anyway um, yeah. I had a meeting with Michael Schumacher's um, uh, manager Willie Weber in Stuttgart, and I flew in from from Brussels uh, one morning, and uh, uh, Willie's offices were pretty close to the airport, so so I got there by taxi, and he kept me waiting for about ninety minutes, and uh, which I didn't find very polite, 
and um, then he, we had a very short meeting. He's, he said, I said, okay, if you guys um, don't pay up, uh, then we want Michael for uh, seven uh, for seven dates at press conferences all over Europe. And um, he said no, and uh, I said yes. And when he said you can't forget it, I said, okay, thank you very much, Mr. Weber. I got up. Um, I went down, went down to my taxi, um, rang Mr. Mosley. Mr. Mosley rang Mr. Weber, and then Mr. Weber rang me and said, "Of course, you have seven days with Michael Schumacher." And then I started <laughs> organizing that. <laughs> went very, very quickly. Very good. And one of those one of those dates was supposed to be Paris and had to be switched to the last right. minute to yes. Dublin. Yeah, yeah. We started in uh, we started in uh, in Brussels. Um, we went on, we were in Athens, we were in, in Warsaw, um, it, we were in Bonn uh, when mm. the, the government was still there. And, and, and that's, by the way, um, Michael knew, um, knew uh, the effect of these, these, um, these mm. seatbelts uh, sleigh because you hit, uh, you, you, you sit, just to, to describe it to, you, to the listeners, you sit in, in an ordinary car seat with, with headrest and everything. And you and you, you have your seatbelt on. Everything is fine. And then you slide down, uh, slide down, and then you hit a, a barrier, and that is at the speed of thirty-five kilometers. Yeah, and that is pretty pretty quickly um, in comparison to to if you just brake and stop very smoothly. Mm. Um, most of the Formula One drivers that that tested it, um, I remember David Coulthard at Nurburgring. He, he just hit and he, he said F and there were three more letters, which I didn't quite understand. <laughs> um, and that was the general comment uh, on, on, on this. And that's why Michael, he did it in Bonn once and I have photographs of him sitting there and coming down and hitting, hitting the, the barrier and his, like he, his face was like all puffy and, and, <laughs> and he said something very, very similar to to what what uh, DC yeah. had said. I did before. it. I did it a couple of times when it was in Dublin. I, yeah. didn't think I did. I did it. Too, I did it too. It was quite quite. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was. I was. I, I was willing to risk a transport minister. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're much more expendable than uh, than than Michael Schumacher. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But that's but that's the reason why Michael never, never, ever got in, into that sleigh again. Never. He wow, only did it once. He, he told me about it. We had uh, when we were in Rome, which was probably the most memorable uh, trip of all. Like um, he always flew in with his private airplane. Uh, yeah. I was always there, like in Athens or Warsaw. So I was always there the night before. I met him at the at the general aviation terminal then. And when he arrived in Rome, it's quite interesting, quite funny. Um, he is his uh, plane uh, rolled into, into parking position after a while. Michael got out and saw us and waved, and so everybody was very happy. So um, he opens the door, walks in, and says hi. And so we said hello. And next thing is uh, this customs man says, hey, "Sorry, uh, passaporto per favore." <laughs> and Michael looks as oh, do I really have to, in Rome? Do I, yeah. for do I have to show my passaporto? And he said, no exceptions. And oh, wow. so Michael walked back to his um, to his plane, and after what he couldn't find his bloody passport, of course. And it took some some about fifteen minutes or so until it, uh, before he came <laughs> back. 
showing his passport and then said it's okay, but it, but it can have an autograph. So he could, the customs guy got an autograph <laughs> and a photo with Michael. Traveling with Expressway and your free travel pass is made easier with a reserved seat. When booking journeys at expressway.ie, make sure to select Seat Only Reservation Free Travel Scheme and pay just €2 Euro per trip to guarantee your seat. Bookings can also be made from ticket machines in stations and priority boarding will be given to those who book in advance. Travel without a booking is still more than welcome, if you prefer, provided we have space on board. Take it easy with your free travel pass and expressway.ie. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times, the magazine and website for people who don't act their age. Or maybe you have a loved one or a friend who you know would love to read more. You can buy a subscription and have the magazine delivered direct to their door. To subscribe to Senior Times, visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash senior times. The, the, the celebrity that surrounded Schumacher was just astonishing. I mean, it, it, you could see him even even in the even in a crowd at at, at, a, at a Grand Prix, you would notice where the the thicker knot of people is is oh Michael Schumacher yes, was always, always Michael. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, being, uh, I was I was lucky enough to 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 meet him and 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 be able to talk to him for so, so pretty often and. Uh, he was he was such a nice guy. There were many people who said he was uh, he's arrogant. He, uh, the last thing he was, he was certainly not arrogant. He was yeah. um, he was uh, he knew exactly how good he was. That's yeah. one thing, and but he, he knew exactly as well um, how difficult it was for himself to protect himself of all the the, the influences coming mm. from from the people around him um not not necessarily negative influences but uh, there was just the, an overload of information yeah and, yeah uh, so well, that's, I, that's I, when he kind of said bang stop no more question things like that yeah well um, i found him i found him lovely to deal with um and, and not that i dealt with him much I and mean, i was just i was just one of a million people that he met um but we did have a you know De- de- dealings in and around that day, and I, I thought he was great. He just was a, yeah. a gentleman. You know? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh, he's the, he's still is. He's well, we should say um, yes. God, yes. God bless. Well, when when I was uh, working for for the FIA, then um, there was until two thousand, mm. um, just just a bit more than than one year. That's uh, that's um, as how, that's how long I did this job as media delegate. Because they they kind of uh, scaled everything down then, and my position obviously mm. was pretty high ranking. Yeah, and they 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 closed they closed quite a bit of um, of the me- of media support then, and they uh, they gave us they gave all of us a, a, a very golden handshake, which was pretty pretty nice. Always nice. 
Well, you know, it's a, it, it, apart from the fact that it might sting anyone's feelings a little bit, it was actually a very good outcome, Klaus, because they, you know, they gave the golden handshake and you can often do something else. And then you, as you always threaten to, or at least when, when you and I used to talk regularly, you, you then ultimately relocated to Clare. Um, yes. Yeah, which uh, like ex- ex- extraordinary. Um, your your timing was absolutely priceless, Klaus, wasn't it? Because oh, you practically pulled very... up outside the new house with your suitcases on the day that COVID hit, more or less. Mm, yeah, that's that's true. It was uh, actually Friday, the thirteenth of, of March, <laughs> twenty twenty. <laughs> when I when Claudia I got, not got the superstitious the then, I presume. Claudia was in Germany. She she was stuck in Germany. She couldn't get out uh, of Germany for um, for the time being. Uh, she only came, but one one month later, she mm. literally literally got the last Aer Lingus flight out of Munich. Absolutely wow. amazing. It was the, the literally the last flight that Aer Lingus did on a Sunday morning out of Munich, and, and I was in Dublin to to collect her. And it was such, it was so, so sad, Connor. It's mm. incredible. Like the, the empty airport, <clears throat> just a few airplanes running around. That was all, it was, yeah. it was tragic, yes. We got used to pandemic subsequently because obviously it, it has lasted so long. But that, that first lockdown period was was absolutely uh, tragic, wasn't it? I mean, in the deserted cities, the drone footage of the deserted places like St. Mark's Square yes. and Venice and... Um, centre of Dublin, centre of Paris, extraordinary, yeah. And there you are in Scariff in County Clare, you know. That's right, yes. Setting up, setting up the new life. Actually, one of the things you said at the time was that you were relieved to be out of Germany and into Ireland uh, because you, you preferred Ireland's COVID precautions. You were very critical of the Germans. They are, yes, absolutely. Um, but, but that's not only, uh, doesn't only go for me, that goes for a lot of people um, I heard of. And I heard of, of people in Germany who, who would be much happier to be living here. Because the, although the the incidents in Ireland are uh, very very high, mm. um, there still seems to be a, um, a lot of support for it and, and the government. And you in, in Germany you would find that there's a load of anti-vaxxers around. It's an, an amazing fifteen percent of the adult population now. So uh, that's extraordinary is, by uh, Irish standards. Not, yeah. Has not been vaccinated. Yes, and they and they refuse. It's not only that they they are not vaccinated because they didn't have the chance to do so. They simply don't want to. That that wouldn't fit with our preconceptions of Germany. I mean, you you know both countries very well, but the typical Irish perception of the Germans is that they're you know meticulously organised and anything logistical of that sort they're extremely capable at and you you know you'd expect the population to show you know a great deal of centrist common sense and yet there's this big skeptical cohort isn't there yeah it's uh, it's a cohort <clears throat> of, of about 10 million people twice twice the population of ireland and uh, you would say about 50 percent of those five million would be really really hardcore anti-vaxxers really are wow. and that's uh, and the, the worst thing about that is that um, the anti-vaxxing scene in Germany has been politically influenced by the ultra-right and yes that that is really frightening yeah in nasty bedfellows absolutely uh, in in every country certainly around the globe no doubt about that but in, in Germany there's there's a bad bit of history to look at. Um, yeah, there is, isn't there? Uh, the yes. exemplar country. And, and yet, the, you know, the, the, the latter rise of the right in places like um, Hungary and Poland and, and even France come presidential election time. Absolutely. Um, but, but, but Germany, 
you know, certainly at least as bad as those countries in terms of the the, the lingering presence of angry, disaffected. Uh, yeah, my God. So does Ireland feel like a a, a, a haven of of common sense, and safety, and security? Because. <laughs> Well, you you started laughing. No, of yeah. course, uh, Ireland is is a, just a, a European country um, trying to to face uh, to face a pandemic. Uh, every country is is adversely affected. That's totally clear. And every government made mistakes, um, and that does that goes for the Irish government as well. Um, I think. In hindsight, one can say that Christmas 2020 was not um, the the happiest Christmas that, no. that Ireland ever had or, or anybody ever had. Um, but I, I totally understand the the, the position of, of people who are who are in in their office and have to come out with a decision. They have to they mm. have to please a lot of people. Um, uh, I, I think, personally, I'm I'm simply following I'm I'm simply following science, and this is it. And if it, the economy has to suffer for for a while, it I know that it, it, as as it happened this year, by the way, yeah, the economy, yeah, the economy kicked back much much stronger than than anticipated, and and even in in many cases uh, stronger than than in 2019, the year before yeah. the pandemic. So the I pandemic has rough, had winners as well measures. as losers, Klaus, hasn't it? Uh, yes, um, in the, in the economy. Yeah. Yeah. But, if, but if you look at if you look at um, the, uh, the 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 overall picture, it's um, the economy everywhere in Europe is pretty pretty powerful, mm, amazingly robust. Um, so how how's yes. the econo- how's the economy in Scarif? I I know that you 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 you're 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 working as a as a photographic artist and you're still doing that's, the artwork. That's correct, yes. When I, um, when I uh, learned my trade, I, was, um, I did a training as a journalist, a writing mm. journalist, and um, a photographer at the same time. The pictures that I, that I take, they, they do look different. Many pictures do look different from, from stuff that other people take. They do. Uh, and I'm, uh, yes, and I had one, one exhibition. I started exhibiting about seven years ago, um, mm. And uh, in Germany, obviously on the, nas- the national scene, but I was extremely lucky um, that I got on the international circuit so quickly, uh, just yeah. after one year or so. And so you were doing uh, exhibitions around Europe, weren't you? Yeah, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I was I was in uh, in in France. Uh, mm-hmm. I was in uh, in Austria. Had stuff in um, in in other countries. Um, my my. Most memorable two shows were 2018 and 2019, just before the pandemic started, um, were in Albania, of all places. Albania, yeah. I, I, yeah, I saw on, online that that you, you had been in Albania, and you loved it. You, you thought it was a great oh, reward. Oh, I absolutely did, because um, the Albania kind of, kind of moved towards, I don't say they, they've reached their goal yet, but they moved towards a democratic state. Uh, they are a democratic state, of course, but there are still yeah. a lot of things they, to be done before they can join the EU. They're a uh, candidate they country noticed. officially, though, aren't they, Absolutely. currently? Yes, yeah. they are, yeah. Um, but what you notice with the, the, young popul- the younger population there is 
is absolutely fantastic in languages. Italian was always a language that was kind of closely related to to Albania because uh, the uh, Albania was uh, was occupied by by Italy yeah. for a number of years. So you uh, find that, and but but you you find that um, that if you go to Albania, the the the, the English spoken is absolutely amazing, and, uh, <laughs> and, and you should way, know us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't notice. Uh, and a way that there is a there's this this get up and go in Albania that that you mm. notice with many uh, with many Irish people that you can actually compare the two countries. I met so uh, so many people who uh, had been working in uh, in other countries in Europe or in the States or wherever, mm. and they all came back to uh, to Albania then to live there and to work there. Um, the startup scene in Albania is fascinating, absolutely but, fascinating. And you know, I think it, it's a legacy of yes. it's a legacy of poverty, uh, Klaus. That might be something that, that that Ireland and Albania had in common because Albania was destitute country in Europe, and and so too was was Ireland in relative terms in sort of the thirties, forties, fifties, and an ongoing legacy of of, of emigration and then um, returning emigrants. Um, but I, I think in, in Albania's case, the young, hungry, educated, uh, multilingual population um, w- would have to give you confidence that they can, you know, ultimately do an Ireland and catch up. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, I think this is exactly what is what is going to happen. It will be a number of years, of course, but it was a mm. number of years with Ireland, too. But uh, the it was really amazing how, how much you could, I could um, compare the two countries because remember uh, I first came to Ireland in 1987. Yeah, a different uh, Ireland then in terms it of was the economic a totally background. Different Ireland, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yes, it was quite quite interesting. Yeah, but going back to exhibitions, uh, I had one exhibition in Ireland now. And oh, very good. From yeah, the 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 only one that that was possible so far. Um, I had one in, in in the gallery of the public library here in Scariff, and it was really well attended. I left a I left a, um, a guest book there, and there were so many people um, that just kind of complimented me on my work, and that was quite good. Yeah, and, and you know, it's one of the ways I sort of half keep in touch with you because you do post regularly these spectacular uh, landscape and sunset photographs from. Um, from, from East County Clare, which they're just amazing. They're just a you know a, a joy to look at, and they come up on your feet. Um, so you're 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 doing that in due course. Life in Scariff will normalise, uh, and you you guys will normalise with it. Did Claudia manage to get her car across from Germany? By the way, um, her car is back in Germany. We have a um, uh, we have a garage there in Munich, so it's sitting in the garage and waiting for spring or for better for better things to come. <laughs> for better things to come, and do you see yourself spending a bit of time in the future between Munich and Clare? You you will you pop back and forth? Uh, well, mm, no, definitely. Um, uh, Scariff is the centre of our lives. Definitely, um, I have been to Germany only t- uh, twice in, in the last eighteen months. For from just from medical appointments that I had, like yeah. long plan things that that uh, I just and it was just easier before before I start uh, getting into the medical system here. It might yeah. be eas- easier to stick with what what we have in Germany, and plus, of course, they have all my data, and you know. Yeah, well, in theory, so, that's all smooth, isn't it? Because you haven't left the EU. Uh, hopefully, in no, practice, all of those things are smooth. 
That's right. Yeah, it's no, it's perf- it's perfectly smooth, no problem at all. But things that had been long planned, we just I just did. Um, I will be spending some time in 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 Germany next summer because one, provided um, Corona allows all that, which I hope it will. I'm pretty yeah. sure it will. Is um, this one major international exhibition which I'm invited to for um, like six years on the trot now or seven years mm. on the trot, and it didn't take uh, take place in 21 and 2020, but for 22 everything seems good. It's it's called uh, Art Ending, and it's a big show near Freiburg in the south of Germany. Yeah, and coinciding with with that uh, with those dates is uh, it's really something very. Um, um, very interesting. Um, I was uh, awarded a, a, an artist in residence. Oh, fantastic! Yes, in in an East German city called Zwickau. So uh, I, I I will be there for a period of like between two weeks and oh, that's four, lovely four weeks. Yeah, I was very excited because um, they contacted me here, and it was kind of really uh, it was uplifting. Yeah, See there are people people I'd never heard of people um, I I didn't know were so interested in what I did and said okay we would like to have you here and that was Fantastic. great so. Hmm. Yeah, and is there one place where people can go, Klaus, if they want to uh, if they want to see your photographic work? I mean, maybe get people just to Google Klaus Kramer photography Claire, and that should get you. Uh, C E K photography that wouldn't be possible too. Yeah. CEK photography, fantastic, um, and as I say, I look at it, I look at it myself, and there's some uh, wonderful photos there. So, so next year, in a better year, you you'll have a chance to enjoy the period as artist in residence uh, in Germany for a while, but you'll basically be based in 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 Scarif, uh, and hopefully yes. manage to take in a couple of good. Uh, her, her, hurling matches while you're at it. Um, yeah. it, 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 it as, as we as we speak, um, Germany is um, well from the outside looking in feels like a big transition. No more Angela Merkel after after 16 years. And you know, I don't know what Germans think of her. I was going to ask you, but from the outside, she has been the voice of reason in my mind. She's been the leader of the free world when when badly needed, um, and, and her absence really does leave a, a, a gap. But there's a new guy. Well, what do Germans think? Yeah, I think um, Angela Merkel really deserved the credit she got. Uh, she, she was she was a, a very solid um, politician, mm. uh, still is a very solid politician. She's uh, she, she was never very fast with uh, reactions to things that happened, mm. which, of course, many people... Um, looked at something to to criticize as well but always she always took her time but then again she's yeah. a scientist she's a she's a she's a, a physicist and so she she looks at at figures and mm. um, data and then she she makes her decision and her decisions were were mainly right but then again mm. they were they did not do what what Germany really needed uh, what, what to to achieve and that was um, get the uh, digitalization mm. um, in you know, on on a, on, a, on a better for for the better word of it on, on a motorway. It's it's kind of on a on a country lane in Germany. And yeah, Germany sort of, sees itself as being strategically 
behind in that, you know, Ger- Germany was all, always in a heavy industry. Germany led the world for many years, but it perceives yes, itself strategically right. as being behind in the new industries, doesn't it? Behind South Korea, behind the US, obviously, behind other Europeans yes, behind, even. Be, behind Japan, yes. Um, yeah. Not so much behind uh, Europeans, but if you look at if you look at the at, at broadband, the, and the efficiency of broadband, the uh, availability of broadband in Germany, um, I think you have better you have better uh, um, broadband in, in in the backs of beyond in Ireland than, than you have in many many parts in Germany, and you certainly have better broadband in Albania, and, and I can vouch for that. Um, what, what do you think about the new guy, Olaf Scholz? Oh, I think he's much he's uh, he's much more uh, orient, oriented. Although he's a social de- so in the uh, social democratic party, uh, he's much more oriented towards economy, much more. Mm. And uh, together with the Liberal Party and the Greens, they formed this government. And it looks at the moment, obviously, they only started yesterday. Yeah. But, uh, at the moment, uh, all their programs do look as if they have the, the a massive support from the population. Mm. Then again, everything is overshadowed by Corona. And we just have yeah. to be realistic and, and wait for a couple of months and see what's what's happened after the winter. Yeah. Um, so I think that sort of summarizes where the whole world is, Klaus, isn't it? We're just going to have to wait and see how things are after, after the winter. Um, but, but uh, you know, across many uh, things, we've got good, good reasons to be optimistic. Uh, yeah, 2022 should be better than 21, which in turn was better than 20. Well, I think, yeah. It's apart from getting used to 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 bad things. It's uh, I think we have we have the tendency humankind has tendency of making the best of whatever is there, and the mm. Irish have that in abundance. The <laughs> Irish certainly certainly make the best of everything, even if it was really 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 bad. And it's not really 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 bad. No, it it's, isn't. It's 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 not too bad. <laughs> it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. We 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 we'll get we we'll get we'll get through it. Um. So that's a, a very optimistic note on which to on which to wind up the podcast chat, Klaus. Oh, um, we, we're definitely going to to meet soon. We will have to contrive a way. Um. I don't know if you guys happen to be up in Dublin for one reason or another. Um. Or or, or we'll we'll. Uh, we'll, we'll find a way. We'll find a way ourselves to get down west. Um. So hopefully we'll we'll meet for a drink. That would be nice. We certainly will at some stage. Yes, looking forward to that. Not in the not too distant future, as they say. In the not too distant future. Klaus Kramer, thank you very much. You're more than welcome. Thank you, Klaus Kramer. Great to catch up with an old friend. We'll do that drink soon enough, and we may have a chat again for the podcast. Klaus has many more tales to tell. Until then, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. This has been Driving Life with Connor Faulkman. If you did enjoy it, or bits of it, then maybe you'll check in with us next time. Until then, drive safely, live happily, and come back and see us again. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.